a federal government that is choosing very specifically to not enforce our laws, to release people into the United States, supposedly in the name of compassion, but in fact, to the detriment of the United States. This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, August 24th. I'm Samantha Rank. And that was Representative Chip Roy discussing the ongoing southern border crisis. Recent reporting shows U.S. Customs and Border Protection has already seized about 10,600 pounds of fentanyl this fiscal year, which ends September 30th. Congressman Chip Roy of the 21st Congressional District of Texas joins the show today to discuss the border and drug crisis and Dr. Anthony Fauci's plans to retire in December. But before we get to my conversation with Representative Roy, from all of us at The Daily Signal, we want to thank all of you who have shared your feedback with us about podcast headlines. The response has overwhelmingly been that you don't want headlines to go away. So we have heard you and we want to let you know that headlines are coming back. Headlines will be back on The Daily Signal podcast come September. We are currently strategizing on how we can make our daily news headlines even better. So stay tuned. And if you would still like to send us your feedback and thoughts about the podcast news headlines, send us an email to letters at dailysignal.com. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Congressman Chip Roy right after this. We've reached a critical point in American history. Capitol Hill has become ground zero for pushing back against the left, and we want to equip you for a career there. Our Ready, Set, Hill program prepares you to not only find a job on the Hill, but advance conservative principles and impact public policy. It's just a two-day commitment, and we're currently taking applications for August, September, and October. Get more info and sign up at heritage.org training. Just look for the Ready, Set, Hill program. The border crisis shows no signs of stopping, and neither do the drugs pouring into the country. Joining the podcast today to discuss the crisis at our southern border is Representative Chip Roy from the 21st Congressional District of Texas. Congressman, thank you so much for joining me. Happy to do it as always. Appreciate y'all. Of course. Now, we will also be discussing Dr. Fauci's retirement and what he could face if Republicans take back the House this November. But first, let's address the border crisis. My colleague Virginia Allen recently reported that drug overdose is the number one cause of death for Americans between the ages of 18 to 45. She also reported that so far this fiscal year, which ends at the end of September, Customs and Border Protection has seized roughly 10,600 pounds of fentanyl. Congressman Roy, it's hard to wrap my head around this number. First and foremost, how much fentanyl can kill a person? Yeah, well, this is something that's really important. I've tried to do a number of podcasts, speeches, and reports with parents in the district I represent. I need to do more, frankly, because people don't understand how deadly fentanyl is, right? You know, a sugar packet, a sweet and low packet of fentanyl could kill uh, in its pure form, uh, you know, all of the people in a crowded room, say 100 people. Uh, you, 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 you don't understand how particularly dangerous it is until you read stories about, for example, somebody who is, uh, you know, overdosing from fentanyl or, frankly, they're poisoned by fentanyl, and then someone tries to perform CPR on them, and then they go into cardiac arrest from the transitive property. 
uh, of having performed CPR. We've had that happen here with emergency crews in Austin. It happened with the West Point cadets in Florida, which were uh, sort of an infamous problem a few months ago. But it is highly, highly deadly. And what most parents don't know, what most young people don't know, is one pill can kill, right? That you think you're taking Xanax, you think you're taking Adderall, you think you're just smoking a joint, it's laced with fentanyl, and suddenly you're dead. One final point on that. Uh, DEA was just doing one of their normal tests where they pull in a bunch of stuff out of the, off the streets and they test it. And the last time they did that, 40% of the products were laced with fentanyl. It's that bad. Wow. It is crazy. I feel like every day, no matter what I'm reading, what I'm watching, there's always a headline about how out of control the border crisis and especially the fentanyl crisis is getting. Now, it's it's one thing to seize the drugs and to stop them in their tracks, but it's another thing to actually address the root problem and even prevent the issue from the start. What are some ways that you are working to address the fentanyl crisis? Well, first of all, trying to inform people like we were just talking about. I mean, I didn't get didn't even get into the stash. They found like 2,100 pills of the what they call the the uh, you know uh, rainbow fentanyl, which looks like candy, or the 500,000 pills stopped in a car in Arizona. I mean, I can go on and on about how bad it is, and it's obviously negatively impacting everybody in America, but particularly border states. So what we're trying to do is just inform people, elevate so people, understand the crisis, understand why it's critical that we actually secure the border of the United States. Uh, everything that my Democratic colleagues and the Biden administration are doing is purposeful. Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is purposely ignoring both the text and the spirit of the law to uh, leave our borders wide open, somehow in the name of supposed compassion and humanity, when in fact we've now had a thousand migrant bodies uh, found along the border, uh, mobile, mobile morgues. Uh, in ranches in South Texas, in Brooks County, for example, because there's been so many dead bodies and migrants found. Just this morning, I saw a story of a three-year-old little girl that was uh, found drowned in the Rio Grande, and American citizens dying, 107,000 from opioid overdoses last year. So there's one simple solution to this problem. That is to uh, require that we stop the flow across our border, uh, and we could do that tomorrow and embrace the policies that would do that which effectively are the policies of the Trump administration, and go even further than that. Finish building the wall, clear the cane, have roads along the border, empower Border Patrol to be able to do their job rather than processing people at facilities, uh, make our laws and policies, uh, policies that match our laws, uh, make it to where we must turn people away at the border if they don't have papers or they don't have a legitimate claim and are being detained for the entire adjudication of that claim. If we don't change our policy to do that, you cannot stop what's happening at the border. That's the plain simple reality. And finally, you have to target cartels as the terrorist organizations that they are. You just have to look at the news of what's going on with the Sinaloas and, uh, frankly, through across the entire border. We're seeing what's happening in Tijuana. Um, it is very deadly along our southern border, and the cartels have operational control of it, and we should go after them. And you just brought up if we, you know, what would happen if we don't stop what's happening at the border? What are some of the long-term and, and even short-term consequences if we don't get the border under control? Well, first of all, we're losing the entire notion of sovereignty. Second of all, we're empowering cartels to the detriment of our well-being and, frankly, the detriment of Mexico. We're creating essentially a narco-terror state on steroids in Mexico. Uh, we are damaging our youth with highly addictive fentanyl, 
People are dying, but it's going to continue to flow into our country. We are empowering and enriching China, who are, who are moving that fentanyl through Mexico and the cartels into the United States. Uh, and we are, uh, frankly, diminishing the entire concept of the rule of law. And at the same time, undermining our entire immigration system, uh, because you can't have an immigration system if anybody can just come to our border and walk across the Rio Grande and then get uh, released into the United States, as the current administration is doing, releasing them under parole, releasing them under notices to appear, not even requiring that there be any kind of a, uh, a adjudication of an asylum claim, but in fact, just an open door policy. The consequences are dire. And, and in particular, uh, I would say that it is representative of an invasion of Texas, of Arizona, throughout the entirety of the United States, not an invasion of human beings seeking a better way of life. I don't begrudge any individual trying to do that, but an invasion orchestrated by cartels, by uh, illegal actors, criminal elements that are trying to exploit our open border for the well-being of their uh, 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 Ill illicit and illegal organizations or even uh, China and Mexico that are complicit in it. Well, I also wanted to ask you, just along the same lines of fentanyl smuggling and these drugs getting into our country, uh, Fox News reported recently that San Diego has become an epicenter for fentanyl smuggling. Uh, what do you think is contributing to this? There are so many factors at play, but the main factor, and I, and I, I don't want to, at the risk of some repetition, there is one predominant factor, and it is a federal government that is choosing very specifically to not enforce our laws, to release people into the United States, supposedly in the name of compassion, but in fact, to the detriment of the United States uh, as a country, to the people of the United States, and to the migrants seeking to come here. That's the simple reality. Those are the facts. They are undeniable facts. I have no idea why the media does not ask every single uh, Democrat candidate why they are continuing to be complicit in an administration that refuses to enforce the sovereign borders of the United States. Uh, that, and, and that's the cause. I mean, look, if, if anybody can come here and they can know they can just pay whatever they're going to pay to the cartels, they'll do that. But then there are consequences of that. Individuals getting sold into the sex trafficking trade or into the uh, slave labor, uh, which happens every day right here in Texas. Um, you know, I'm driving in Austin right now. There are stash houses in Austin. There are stash houses in San Antonio, in Houston, where cartels send people here. And then they end up uh, being beholden to the cartels, uh, essentially modern-day slavery in the United States. I, it is completely mind-boggling that, uh, that my Democrat colleagues would allow this to continue. Yes, it is completely mind-boggling. And it's also heartbreaking to see what is happening in the country, as you mentioned, in Texas. And then also, you know, throughout the rest of the states, it, it feels like every state is now a border state. I know that's a saying that's you know, that we've all heard before. But as we continue to see the fentanyl crisis uh, continue throughout the country, it's, it's really crazy to see uh, the reach of these cartel members. So, Congressman Roy, I want to shift topics a little bit and talk about Dr. Fauci, who announced on Monday he is stepping down this December. You said in a tweet, hashtag COVID hearings, expose, fire, defund, hashtag take back America. What did you mean by this? Well, let's just be perfectly clear um, that what we've seen over the last two and a half years is one of the biggest abuses of power um, that I think I've seen in our country's history. Uh, you know, my good friend uh, Thomas Massey had a great um, uh, tweet thread himself uh, today where he outlined this. Uh, and in fact, I might have been retweeting that when I said that, where he pointed out 
that uh, it is Dr. Fauci who ignored science while hiding behind it, right? Um, how long were we being told that there was no such thing as natural immunity uh, being, uh, you know, as effective as the vaccines and just ignored the realities of natural immunity? Um, how much were we uh, told that, oh, well, you know, mask up and, you know, uh, you must wear masks on airplanes and sending our kids in schools, you know, into the corners of rooms being forced to wear masks, uh, never mind what that means in terms of their speech development or their mental health. How about ignoring all of the side effects of the vaccines with this new mRNA technology or the policies that were advanced, um, you know, that explain how much this was bad for the elderly versus being uh, bad for children. Uh, the common sense is just thrown out the door, and it was done purposely because Anthony Fauci was more concerned about being on the front of magazines uh, than he was in terms of advancing what was in the best interest of the United States. It wasn't science he was following. He was downplaying treatments that might work in pursuit of, uh, you know, heavily uh, funded, expensive pharmaceuticals, uh, all by the way, while we gave them immunity from liability. I can't even put into words how egregious this is and how much we need to have hearings to explore uh, what was done by our public health officials to the American people over the last two and a half years. And you just brought up hearings. I wanted to ask, what can we expect if the GOP does take back the House this November? Well, um, obviously, it's going to depend. Each committee of jurisdiction has to do the hard work of putting together the hearings. But uh, we will fail as a Republican party, as a Republican conference in the House, uh, assuming particularly if we're in the majority, uh, if we do not hold hearings on Fauci and all of the public health officials who abused our trust uh, and undermined our, our overall uh, health, economy, well-being. Um, we will fail if we do not have hearings on the border and how uh, Alejandro Mayorkas has a, uh, ignored his duty under the Constitution to secure the border of the United States. We will fail if we don't have hearings uh, into the FBI and their targeting of parents, uh, their abuse of power, uh, looking into what they did or didn't know or do with respect to uh, going to Mar-a-Lago, um, all of the issues where we see how much there has been a significant uh, uptick in empowerment of the authoritarian regimes and a total failure to follow the uh, constitutional duties and the laws under our Constitution. Um, so I think these would be the bare minimum of things that we ought to be looking at in terms of hearings. There are probably others. Now, I think that I read that Dr. Fauci, um, he's retiring after 50 years. Why, why do you think Dr. Fauci is retiring now? Well, I think the timing is fairly self-evident. Um, uh, there's a notion in law, race ipsa loquitur, the thing speaks for itself. Uh, Anthony Fauci does not want to face the uh, uh, you know, questioning and the targeting by Republicans who are going to be asking the uh, questions that need to be asked. That being said, I believe he should be subpoenaed. Uh, I believe he should be forced to come back and testify, not in what would at that point be his then official capacity, but in his former official capacity. He has questions he needs to answer, and uh, retirement should not uh, prevent us from getting the answers that we deserve. Now, just one more thing I wanted to ask you about. We heard recently from the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, that the CDC basically failed um, in their response to COVID-19. Specifically, she uh, said for 75 years, CDC and public health 
have been preparing for COVID-19 and in our big moment, our performance did not reliably meet expectations. Now we are dealing, the, the CDC is dealing with monkeypox. Uh, what do you think of how they're handling monkeypox? Well, you know, I haven't studied it as closely. I would tell you that the um, my friend Marty Macri, uh, who's a uh, doctor at Johns Hopkins, was on Fox, I think, night before last, and was asked that question. He said that we've learned no lessons and we're carrying out a lot of the same uh, errors uh, that, that we made during COVID. Um, you know, and I think uh, we, you get these reflexive reactions. Uh, rather than focusing in and zeroing in on who are the populations most at risk, how do you mitigate that? And then, and then affect public policy from there. So COVID, for example, we knew at the outset. Hell, I was tweeting about it and putting out warnings. We knew that it affected the elderly uh, and, and our most vulnerable populations who had any kind of you know, immune issues uh, predominantly. And for everybody else, it was more like a, you know, dealing with the flu and so forth. Not to say that there weren't you know, uh, you know, uh, negative consequences from having uh, COVID if you were young, just saying that that's what the data demonstrated. And we could have adjusted our public policy to focus on protecting the elderly and the, the, those that were most vulnerable and then keep our economy going and, and, and not uh, panic and shut everything down. Well, the same thing with monkeypox. Are we not going to have a, a conversation about the population that is most affected by monkeypox um, and, and then adjust our policies accordingly? But instead, uh, we're, we're going down this road of, of uh, you know, reactions that will cause people to make generic policies. I saw one university, it might have been Rutgers, I can't even remember, on, on Twitter I saw they, they were going to have uh, continued mask policies, uh, in part, they say, because of monkeypox, so, I mean, and, and, and keeping that on campus. So uh, I think we're seeing continued failure by our public health officials. Well, Congressman Chip Roy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today about the border crisis, Dr. Fauci's retirement, and monkeypox. I really appreciate it and look forward to having you on the podcast again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Samantha. Take care. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to The Daily Signal podcast. If you have not done so already, be sure to subscribe to The Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Doug Blair, and Samantha Rank. Sound design by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.